Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's KJ Carson on WEEI. WEEI. Good Labor Day weekend to you, and good Labor Day. If you're working today, I hope they're paying you double time. If not, you need to have a conversation with the shop steward. <laughs> it's WEEI Final Hour. KJ got John Lyons joining me today. Thank you so much for being here. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We'll still get into more Patriots talk, as well as the situation with Deion Sanders after his win against TCU down in Fort Worth over the weekend. College football has kind of a different shape face um so john you text me you're like man do, do you see how jason tatum has reached out or is kind of sending smoke signals if you will to dame lillard again why do you think this potentially may be i i think it's just a case of dame lillard's an elite shooter great player and they probably figure if they add him and they have porzingis brown tatum and lillard they are i don't want to say idiot proof as the expression but it's like they are so talented that it would be difficult for them to not win a championship. Whereas right now, I still think they're the championship favorites, but you look right. at Denver, who's a great team that is top to bottom that just won. You look at Phoenix, went out and added Bradley Beal to a team with Durant and Booker and Aiton. So there's great teams out there. Like And who knows, like Miami, if they add Lillard, I still like the Celtics better than them, but I think that makes it closer. If Philly adds Dame Lillard, I mean, that makes the conversation a lot different. So I think he looks at it as, hey, if we add this guy to the big three we already have, it makes us the clear-cut shoulders above favorite, you know, at least in the East and probably the whole NBA. You know, in this first story first, kind of to start to leak out, and allegedly Dame says he doesn't want to do Boston, and there was a part of me that says, boy, if you want to kill the continuity of what's going on with this team, and, and it's it's the same argument I would make that why he's not in Miami yet is why would Portland take anything unless they're willing to look at unloadable contracts, right? Because what pieces do you move? Is Al Horford one of those pieces? They probably asked for Robert Williams. And now with Porzingis, something's with his foot. You don't want to suddenly say we have no big men at all because then you're in a a quandary. I I think you say, hey, Porzingis was supposed to be, I don't want to say the final piece to get you over the hump, but a key reason why you struggled with some of these Eastern Conference teams with Embiid, with uh, with Giannis, with his size. 
KJ, sorry to cut you off. I think they do view Porzingis as that final piece because the biggest weakness they've had the last two years is their crunch time offense. I think it's the biggest reason why they didn't beat the Warriors in the finals two years ago. And I think they look at the subtraction of Marcus Smart and the addition of Porzingis is going to give that crunch time offense a boost and therefore get them over the top to win a championship. So I actually think they do view him as that final piece, at least right now, to get them over the top. I think if there is a final piece, it's almost kind of like in the in, in in a in a defensive way, like a defensive stopper in the front court, uh, not a shot blocker, but someone who can take bodies and and get physical, like an enforcer, almost like hey, is if Marcus Morris is available, would he be able to get some minutes in there to slow down Giannis to 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 frustrate Embiid because Porzingis, while is respected defensively, he's still very frail in size, right? So. If Giannis is coming down the paint and you're expecting Porzingis to hold his ground against the just that force of Giannis, that's a foul. So I think that might be one. Of, I think the final piece, ultimately, I think this is a key piece, but I think a final piece for the Celtics would be finding a defensive-minded front-court bench player that can get you those key stops, kind of that lunch-bucket, blue-collar player that isn't going to give you points. Think Tony Allen, right? But Tony Allen's in backcourt. But what Tony Allen yeah. was able to do for the 08 team where it's like, hey, we don't we don't need you to score. We need you to frustrate the best player on the other side of the ball at that time, you know, Kobe Bryant, if you will, or, you know, even LeBron James at that time. So I think for the East, you're going to need someone who's going to body up Embiid and, and, and be an issue, who's going to be a, a, at least a, a speed bump for Giannis. Because if you could put a speed bump out there with Giannis and he still gets to the paint, but he doesn't have as much force, then you say, okay, with a Perzingis back there or with a Robert Williams back there. Now you have some swat ability and a potential to be able to stop shots without him getting free reign to the lane. So I think that's where the final piece exists. But I, again, like I said, I can't see how Portland wouldn't want key pieces to build future or productive players with expiring contracts. You know What, what Miami was trying to throw out there was like, we can give you all these future and swaps and everything. You know, a swap can't jump a can't jump center. <laughs> it can't inbound a ball, right? So they need you can send real players, but I, I would concern, you know, like I think Lillard would be like forty eight million, then yeah. you know Tatum sixty Mon- million the last right, year. Right. And so th- that's the other part. Like, does if he doesn't want to be here, then why would you take on a guy who either is gonna want to renegotiate his current deal and get better numbers, or has, you know, like a hundred and ten million left in two years? And you still have to wonder what's Jalen Brown going to want to do after one year. I think that if 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 Lillard is here, it might be at the expense a bit of Jalen Brown's uh, graduation of things that people want to see now with the new deal and 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 having the supermax. So I just think it would be more of a problem than it would be an answer because there just wouldn't be enough basketballs, right? It, I think it sounds great on paper. But what you, what you get from Derek White is why you could get rid of Marcus Smart. You know? and, and Malcolm Brogdon, I, I know right. he got injured in the playoffs. We're talking about a guy who won sixth man of the year. Like right. He was great for them. So it, the issue, too, is if you bring in Lillard, and I know this is hypothetical, but right. then you might be subtracting both Brogdon and White. Right. So now you're talking about, okay, Dame Lillard individually is better than those guys, but is Lillard and Peyton Pritchard better than you know those two guys plus Robert Williams. Oh, boy. Plus, no. right? like you start to yeah. add it up. But that's why, to me, and I've said this from the beginning, like, yeah, would the Celtics be better with Dame Miller? Probably a little bit, but the team that really should be aggressive for him is Philly. Like, him and Embiid, I think, would be a team that would be a monster, but it just feels like they're not going to be. 
All right, KJ, along with John Lyons here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. We'll take your calls, your text messages as well. Plus, we'll get to the Patriots and Deion Sanders' comments. But right now, it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by CCL, your local Timber Tech dealer. Red Sox clinched a series victory in Kansas City yesterday with a 7-3 win over the Royals. Masataki Yoshida and Adam Duvall both hit home runs. Chris Sale got the win, throwing five shutout innings, only allowing two hits. Sox did gain a gain on game on Houston, but still sit five and a half games back of the final wild card spot. Sox continue their road trip in Tampa to start a three-game set with the Tampa Bay Rays. Joe Castiglione and Will Fleming have the call from the Trop at 410 on the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network Shaws perfecting the art of fresh. Brian Bayo will get the start for the Sox against Aaron Savale for Tampa. Joe Weil will get everything started with the Mass Mutual pregame show in a little less than an hour at 310. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Some Sox news. According to Sean McAdam, the Red Sox have claimed reliever Logan Gillespie from the Baltimore Orioles after he was DFA'd on September 2nd. To make room, the team has transferred Jaron Duran to the 60-day injured list with that toe surgery. Gillespie was 0-1 with a 6 ERA in 11 games. The Patriots are back on the practice fields beginning their opening week matchup this Sunday against the Eagles. It was a clean slate except for two players. Offensive linemen Riley Reef and James Ferentz were the only guys missing from today's practice. And in other football news, week one of the college football season wrapped up last night as number eight Florida State knocked off number five LSU. And going back to baseball, this just breaking by Jeff Passan, Dodgers starter Julio Urias was arrested on felony domestic violence charges late on Sunday night, pending further investigations. What's on deck this season? How about a beautiful new deck and rail system from TimberTech? At CCL Homescapes in Abington, you'll see a huge selection of TimberTech products. TimberTech Advanced PVC and Composite Decking is everything wood should be. Let the experts at CCL help you enjoy your life from your new deck. CCLCO.com. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm 
sure you're uh, already at work uh, on the Eagles today. And what are your thoughts as you enter a uh, another season with the Patriots? How are you this time of year? Excited? Stressed? What, what's what's your uh, what's your sentiments this morning? Uh, well, yeah, definitely excited for the start of the season. Um, you know, we have a lot of balls in the air. Um, you know, made a number of roster moves in the last week. Um, and, you know, that's always a challenging time. Um, it's always a hard time uh, in terms of, um, you know, having to release players, but, you know, acquire players just in general, juggle things around. But that's part of it. And, um, yeah, and then get ready for the Eagles. I mean, obviously, they're a you know, great football team, won the NFC last year. And, um, you know, pretty much their season came down to the final play uh, and a holding penalty. So they're really, a, you know, a very good team uh, with a lot of talent, well-coached. Um, they have a great, great program. So a uh, big challenge for us. Um, you know, a lot of excitement on opening day, and uh, especially this year. So you know, we're looking forward to it. WEEI, it's KJ. John Lyons hanging out with me today. That was Bill Belichick getting ready for the season this morning on the Greg Hill Show. We'll talk Patriots here in a couple minutes, but let's get to Shane in the Cape. Wants to conversate on our Celtics talk about Dane Lillard and Jason Tatum. Good uh, Labor Day to you, Shane. Yeah, happy Labor Day to you you guys, too. Great show, as always. Uh, I, I think Tatum, I think he's a realist. You know, he's, he's a smart guy, even though he's, you know, young in age. But he realizes that if Dame Lillard goes to Miami, Miami's going to have him, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. You know, him and him and uh, Porzingis and Brown and the Celtics are good. But you put those three together, they're, they're the clear title favorites and. You know, I think for people to say that the Celtics are clear, you know, the title favorites right now is kind of, you know, a little bit too much for me. Do I think they're a contender? Absolutely. But they've shown time and again that, you know, they're in contention but haven't been able to seal the deal, you know, until they get over the hump. You know, I, I think you got to put teams like uh, the Nuggets, Miami, uh, the Bucks, right up there or even a, ahead of them right now. So, um, and I'll leave you with this. You guys go hot dog or hamburger on Labor Day. Uh, thanks and have a good one. Thanks, uh, Shane. I go hamburger. Yeah, me John. too. I'm actually cooking hamburgers when I get home. So, so, yes. so is this is this? I'll triple of, that one on the burger. Yeah, because I'm on. Well, Joe, you feel some kind of way because did John say, "Hey, come over for burgers"? I'm doing burgers after. Did you hear any of that off the air? Not in our conversation. Not in our conversation. Well, you know, you guys were colluding. Yeah, I, to yeah, get I think this is what this is about. Right, so I, I don't know <laughs> if I can have you. And look, Shane's point about Miami and the South. Here's here's the overall big, but like the Celtics' biggest part of their identity in the last five years has been coming up short, whether we like it yeah. or not. That's been the biggest part of their identity. Now, personally, I think adding Sam Cassell, adding Charles Lee, and adding Kristaps Porzingis, and just the age maturity of Tatum and Brown and Robert Williams, Derek, like that's going to, I think, hopefully end that. And if it ends that, I have the Celtics as the favorite. But he's right. Phoenix is loaded. Denver just won and is loaded. And Miami with Dame, look. Jimmy Butler's going to turn 34 in 10 days, so he's getting a little bit up there in years. Dame's going to be, I think, 33 during this season. So you would be a little bit older. Bam Adebayo's had some injury issues, so it would be potentially a little bit more fragile, but those three together is still an elite 1-2-3 combo if Butler's still playing to what he was last year, which I think he very well could be. The only concern I would have for Miami 
is are you giving up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin? Like, what do you get? But they say they're not going to give up Caleb Martin. But that's the thing. But if Portland says, yeah, that's that's what we want, and that's the only way to get Dame, then, yeah, your top-end talent is better. But one of the great things about Heat culture, and we've talked about it when they've played the Celtics and beat them last year, is top to bottom, they had guys that would show up in the moment and beat you. Like, well, we saw it with Caleb Martin even, you know, last it was last spring, like they top to bottom. It wasn't just Jimmy Butler and Bam and these other guys. Like, well, John, top here, to bottom here, here's guys. here's the thing, and this is why Miami hasn't been able to pull off the trade. Gabe Vincent went to the Lakers. Max Struess went to Cleveland. If those guys had signed and stayed, they would have been signed and trade, yep. right? I think if Portland said, "Give us Vincent, give us Struess, give us Hero, and a a, 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 a slew of picks." Dame Lillard's in Miami. But because those guys got out of town right away, it's made it very hard where now you can't say, well, we're still going to hold on to Caleb Martin. So you can't discount what Max Struess and what Gabe Vincent meant to meant for those guys. Am I saying that Dame Lillard can't make up what they were? <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But in terms of trade value and aspect and pieces that you can move, I would be more concerned with Philadelphia. But I, And I think that's why James Harden is really frustrated because I think Philadelphia probably dangled, would you like James Harden in Portland? And Portland was like, mm, no, we don't want anything to get as big as the trees out here. So I, I think that was where the frustration was because Joel Embiid would love to have Dame Lillard there, right? Because yeah. now you know that Dame Lillard isn't going to disappear where you saw James Harden show up when he wants to show up and then disappear when he's needed. So it's it, it's – it's it's a bit convoluted. You can't move Tyrese Maxey just yet because his number See, hasn't. I would right, for Dame. I, if I'm if I'm Philly, I would trade Tyrese Maxey. Well, for Dame. I, but they can't just be in terms of his number, right? His number isn't there yet. So because again, moving contracts is about numbers. So you would say right, no, okay, but I would make him the centerpiece, and you can add in other contracts that Philly has to. Yeah, but I mean, Dame. are they going to take Tobias Harris? Like these are these guys that they really want? Yeah. Tyrese Maxey would be the ideal, but James Hard would have to be part of that deal yeah. just for that number to match because Maxey's number is still so, so low. low yeah. So that that's 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 the interesting part right there is Max Struess and Gabe Vincent taken off immediately has held up everything. And again, it, look, if Dame came to Boston, it would be the talk of the league. It would be a super team. It would be very nice on paper, but I wonder how it would flesh out as you mentioned, like if Dame, who has you know had some injuries, where suddenly Peyton Pritchard is now running point for the team, and that's all you got back there, you know. So, I, I think you give up too much, you know, back office stuff, players, if you will, that are very important to what happens at the front office, right? If you give, I can't see a situation where you give up Marcus Smart and Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, and feel like you could still compete defensively. Yeah, and in, I think another in, right. piece of this too is like when you think about uh, like Dame going to Miami, it almost, like I don't want to say it feels like a certainty, but it feels like he's going to end up there at some point anyway. It just, will Portland come down on their price or will Miami eventually come up and just give Portland everything that Portland wants? I think there's only and one way that happens. A, there's only one way that year. happens, is that once he gets into his contract and then you could start buying down. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let the contract kick in. He plays probably 30 to 40 games in Portland, and then you pick up the remainder of that contract, so you're only paying for the half of the year and then one year next year, and you pick him up for the run versus trying to get him all at once right now. Other teams could probably be in the mix. Maybe there's a team that's just overloaded with talent 
and just can't move things or get the ball moved or if there's an injury or something like that. So the only way I see that Dame at this point gets moved is once the season yeah. starts and you get to the trade deadline, then you can save some money acquiring them. And if you know you're Miami and you're, let's say you're Miami and you're, and let's say you're sitting at the eight seed, right? Well, then you're now more desperate to get them than you were at the beginning of the season. Sure. Yeah. Because and I think that's, this that's is what they were a, last year. This is such, and, and connecting to this, such a huge year for Jalen Brown. Because he had career highs in points, rebounds, and assists last year. He signed the Supermax. If you go into a series against Miami and they have Jimmy Butler, Dame Lillard, and Bam, and you can look at it and say Tatum and Jimmy are very close. You can maybe even give the edge to Tatum. I'm back-to-back first-team All-NBA guy right. as a player. But if that gap, like if, if Dame Lillard is significantly better or more reliable than Jalen Brown in a playoff series – then the Celtics could be in trouble. Whereas the reverse is true. If Jalen Brown is close or even more effective than Dame Lillard, then I think the Celtics have a huge edge because I think the further you go down, like do you take Porzingis or Bam? I think Porzingis is a better player. Bam's still an all-star. But then once you get by that, it's like, well, you would take Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon over Kyle Lowry and Josh Richardson, like if it came right. Like that to me, there's a gap there. I think Jalen Brown to me is the swing piece because I could think – like the the top options, Butler and Tatum are going to be pretty darn close to each other, and then the third options, Porzingis and Bam, I think are going to be pretty close to each other as far as impact. So it's that is Brown giving you equal or a little bit more than Dame? Then I think you're in great shape. If Dame's giving you a lot more than Brown, then you're in trouble. And we saw that even against Philly. You mentioned James Harden. The two games that James Harden you know scored forty points, Philly won. All right, KJ and Lions here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Don't forget it, 310 Red Sox pregame, getting ready for the 410 start down in Tampa. Sox have lost 13 in a row. So, you know, even from a better's perspective, you know, you can only roll the dice and get up to 12 numbers. So after 13, 14th got to be the hit where they've got to pull it off. they got to win two out of three there. Um, You heard Bill Belichick at the top of this break talking about getting excited for the season as well. But simultaneously, what's happening right now is this celebration of Brady Week. Now, I would say I would wait till Brady Week once, you know, you have an event where there's no game. You can sell out all of Gillette. You can run the video. You can have the special. You have the field. You can unfurl whatever you want to unfurl. He needs to have his own night the way that Larry Bird had his own night. It's that level. So I don't think like something just at halftime because it's like, you know, it's different. Obviously, it's different than what Edelman got last year at halftime. <laughs> but it, 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 it's more than just a halftime thing. But yet, people want to treat this as Brady Week. Do you think it's overshadowing the importance of getting off to a great start for this football team? So, I think it's overshadowing Week One a little bit, at least for fans. But I think all the fans are cognizant of they did not play well the first four weeks last year. Max rookie year, they, they were one and three after four games. So. Fans know that this team has not started well. I think that conversation comes up more in week two, though, because I think a lot of people out there look at it as, okay, week one, Philly's coming to town. They're an elite roster. They just went to the Super Bowl. If the Patriots can even lose a close game, people feel encouraged moving forward. But if they lose to Miami at home in week two and then you've lost two home games or they go to the Jets in week three and all of a sudden they're one and two or 0 and three after that, like then people are going to be really, really concerned. So I think... The talk of getting off, and look, if they get blown off the field by Philly, then that'll be part of the talk. But I think 
the season and getting off to a good start. I think we're going to talk more about that this time next week than we will leading into the Philly game itself. At least a lot of fans wise. Yeah, but this there's no week zero in the NFL. Right? Oh yeah, think, no, and I'm not like I think it's important that they get off to a good start, but I think. A lot of people anticipate, hey, you can lose week one to Philly and still make the playoffs because Philly's better than you. Yeah, but this this is the only concern that I have, right? If you go around the league and everybody's getting, even Arizona, they're excited about week one, at least because that's where you're going to have at least hope there. After that, it can be anything. And I think with this team, it needs so much energy to say, and, and we talked to Sean Bell at our sister station, WIP in Philadelphia, if you missed any of it uh, earlier, you can have Odyssey app. It's free. You can rewind the show. It's in the first hour. But he pointed out something that I'd kind of forgotten but knew, which is that the Eagles have two new coordinators. So they may be trying to figure things out against Bill Belichick. Like, I would rather, like, the fans kind of lean. Like, look, I know Tom's going to come and you're going to want to get It's like walking up in front of Santa Claus. It's like, you remember that time you met me down at Boston Bowl and you sneezed and I said, God bless you? Yeah, that was my favorite moment, right? Like because that's what all this week is going to be about, and um, and I get it. But at the same time, if and maybe this is a smart play for Belichick. Yeah, let them all talk about it's Tom Week and he's coming back and all these memories. Meanwhile, I know I'm game planning against an offensive coordinator who's never done it at this level before, and a defensive coordinator who was just hired to do the job, and the head coach who turned these same duties over to an offensive coordinator about a year after being hired as the head coach. So there are some pieces in there where I get it. Maybe you know the, the return of Brady is supposed to be kind of the chance to eat the dessert before the dinner, but the dinner is still game one against the Eagles on the field. Yeah, and I think, I mean, do we want to say it's also the return of Matt Patricia too, who uh, actually gave the Patriots a lot of problems when he was in Detroit, to side right. note there. But I, I think, yeah, the, the week one piece of it, like I said, if the Patriots get blown off the field, we're going to be talking like, oh, crap, like there, this is a problem. But I think... And it happened in front of Brady. How right, embarrassing. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, they'll have people chanting Brady's name in the third quarter to come in and play. That's not good. Right. So I think, again, they can't get blown. And, of course, you never want to get blown out, but especially right. on that day. But I think, I really think... If they have Brady Day and they even lose a close game to the Eagles, people are going to walk away and say, yeah, we played the Eagles close. Like, we're going to be okay against Miami. I really think concern would set in if you're 0-2 after the Miami game and you haven't looked good those first two weeks. Yeah, and Brady great, sat there. You know, great observation. Oh, well, thank you. I was, I was like, who is – that doesn't sound like Joe there. But, yeah, so it, it, I've been tough on Mac Jones. I have not – I've not hide – hid that or anything. When I've seen the good, I've said I've seen the good, and when I've seen the bad, I've said the bad. Probably just a little more louder, but that's what parents do. You don't really scream and cheer for an A. It's when the kid gets a D is when you really get it in your chest because you know the importance of moving this franchise forward. And with everything that Mac Jones has probably gone through both physically and psychologically with this team so far, last year was just, that was... To see him buck that way, coming from a system, from playing from Saban, and then getting into this Patriot system where there's a Patriot way, to come off like that shows that there was a real frustration going on that that it involves football, but it just feels so deep and heavy. And I, my concern would be is that with no offensive line out there really, and things get out of hand, the line is starting to creep up. It started at three, it's now at four, and we're still a week away from the game. That if if it starts, like you mentioned, if you start hearing people chanting Brady's name when you clearly know he can't get into the game, 
You know that you have a quarterback who's out there who's going to be sensitive in how that feels, and there are going to be questions asked. How did it feel hearing Brady's name chanted out there while things were tough? These are my concerns because those are the things that can lay on the DNA of an offense that's trying to figure itself out beyond two weeks. It can go into four weeks. And then now we're having this conversation of why the malaise. And it's because because the king came back to town with his scepter, laid it down, and sat down in, 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 in in booth one to watch it all happen. So I'm concerned in that regard. Yeah, and I think it's fair. Like I said, it comes down to what does the game look like because the headline for most people is going to be it's Brady Day, but if they go there and the Pats get smoked, then the headline is going to be, oh, no, Brady's gone and we're in trouble. Whereas if they don't, then people are going to feel a lot better. Uh, And it's something that's been an issue for them post-Brady. Right, They started out 8-0 in 2019, Brady's last year. Since then, have not played well to start the season in 2020, 2021, or last year. Mm. It's KJ and Lions. We wrap things up next. We talk about Deion Sanders and his upset in the comments afterwards. Uh, thank you so much for spending your Labor Day here on WEI. All right. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. Good Labor Day to you. W-E-E-I-K-J. Got John Lyons hanging out as well. Let the good times roll. Kids back in school tomorrow. Yes! Can you tell I'm excited, John? I feel like, KJ, you're going to be one of those guys who, like, two or three weeks into having the kids back at school, you just take, like, a vacation for yourself. Yeah, like you just stay is, at home. My wife's going to be like, really, No, no, I mean, on? like, not like go away, but like, you just take like three or four days off and sit in the silence of the house and there's no <laughs> kids and they're at school. Like, I feel like that, to me, that's just the feeling I get. Like, you're going to text us on like September like 18th or 19th. Be like, yeah, I'm in the house and it's just quiet and then it's going to feel good. Right. You could just lay out your golf practice stuff in the middle of the house and not worry about someone running it over and. I mean, you could. I mean, really, it's it's a chance for parents to feel like they could be a little bit of a kid again, versus having to be super responsible over the course of summer. Look, it also makes me sound like I'm a suspect parent. I love my kids, but yeah, after a while, you, your patience level starts to wear thin. I never thought my dad would be so right. When you get older, there's less bull jive that you will be willing to deal with. So sometimes when you get older, you're like, what? Yeah. But if you're looking like, oh my gosh, you're young and I'm young and we'll grow old together. Now you're thinking like, didn't you hear me answer tell you the answer the first time? <laughs> like, yeah. So, so again, it, that's it, September yeah, yeah. 18th and 19th. I'm zeroing in on great that's, days for KJ. That's Take the funny days be, off, relax. Well, that's funny because I that is the days that I have eyed for. I have some stuff to still do this week. And you want to be alert on the first week of school, right? You don't want to be like, enjoy Tell me about lunch. We get home, right? So I'll do the golfing during the week next week. Try and get that in before it starts getting freezing cold again. So I, you know, I, I I salute the teachers. You know, my wife was in the in the classroom setting at one point, and then I started to realize, damn, sometimes I feel like I'm a student at home because like you didn't see that knife in the sink. It's like we're not we're not in the hallway. You know, (laughs) like you know, like I, I put it in the dishwasher. Did you run the dishwasher? Like, come on, so. 
you know, any person who's married to a teacher might understand that a little bit, that sometimes the work thing comes home. Like, I don't come home and start doing takes. I don't do takes here. I don't call them that. But I literally do not talk about work when I'm at home. I just watch it. Right. And if they have any questions, I say it's work-related. Right. It's work-related. So, you know, salute to all the parents and teachers and schools. May have a great school year. And I don't want to say break a leg because now we're getting into a whole different audience right there. But, yeah. Um, you just heard Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders in the post game, addressing a reporter who obviously was product. Look, I was one of those as well who thought this team may only win three games this year. And Deion Sanders asking the question, "Do you believe now? Do you believe now?" And now there's this narrative of, "Hey, should journalists be in the business of believing? Should they just be able to write?" And let me just put something out on, on, on the front step about Dion in this situation, and then we can get into the context of it. Most of the time, an argument is one side or the other. Dion has it coming from three sides. He has some of the HBCU uh, co- the community who are saying, look, if you were supposed to be about being in HBCUs and coaching in there, you should still be here. So he has that one. He has arrows coming that way. Then he has arrows coming saying that, oh, these guys are not ready for prime time. They're not designed for you know, big, you know, power five schools. They 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 won't compete. Colorado was horrible. And then there's the third side that says, we love what you're doing. So really you only have a third. He probably feels that there's only a third of people who like what the, why, what he's doing. And, and, and everybody, you're not going to have 100% of those. Do you so, believe in that? Yeah. So for him, that frustration is about it coming from three sides. And the two of the three sides are not very good. So... Well, I'll put it this way, are highly opinionated. So, one, what do you think of Colorado's performance against TCU? And then, what do you think of his response after the game? So, I thought their performance against TCU was fantastic. I mean, this is a team that won one game last year, totally rebuilt their roster. And what really stood out to me is when Deion Sanders went to Colorado, my thought was he's going to get good athletes there. He's got a great personality. Mm -hmm. He's got a great track record. He's obviously was a Hall of Fame level NFL player. He's going to get good players there, but he's only been a head coach at Jackson State for a few years. This is his first time in the FBS. Is he going to initially, because I figured long term he'd be okay, but is he going to initially match up coaching-wise with some of the people he's going against? And TCU is a great early season test. I thought he flat out and his staff out-coached TCU in this game. I mean, we saw multiple guys on offense just running wide open, play calling great. And I know defensively they gave up 42 points, but that interception they had at the five-yard line was fantastic coverage, and I thought it was a great play call where they lined up looking like it was cover zero, man, and then they passed guys off to be able to get the interception. Like I was like, oh, that's high-level stuff. Like So I, I give them a huge credit, not just for building this roster, but coach actual scheme and on the field coaching wise, right. I thought he did a, in his first FBS game. I thought he did a fantastic job. So as far as what happened in the game, I give him a lot of credit. And look, afterwards, I think and KJ, you may or may not agree with this, but a lot of elite athletes and coaches mm-hmm. feed off negativity in a right. good way. Like they say, "Oh, you don't believe in us. You don't think we're going to be good. We're going to go out there and prove you wrong." So it's an emotional moment after the game, and he's upset. But the thing is, look, it's not the reporter's job to say, oh, go Dion. I think you're going to do great. It's their job to look at the situation and say whether they think Colorado's going to be good or whether they think they're not going to be good. And I think the only thing I would say in defense of Dion on that end, though, is, and you know this, there's a lot of people in the media, some reporters, some claim to be reporters, 
who really so, just try to say as much negative things as possible to get right. a reaction. And I think Dion knows Dion's smart enough. He knows that too. So I think there were some legitimate real reporters in that situation who I think were unfairly criticized because they're again their job is just to look and see what they're say what they think they're going to see. But there yeah. were people there that I think Dion has a point about. Yeah, I, and I wonder, and I can't see, I don't know the person who he said it to, and I wonder if they questioned his ability to coach. Yeah, like there and was it, somebody somewhere that said, like, oh, they're going to be as bad as, like, UMass, and they're going to be right. the worst team in college football. Like, to me, that's just outlandish to say when you bring in 80 new players and a you know big-time head coach like that. Well, the other part of it is, like, if UMass and Colorado played each other last year, I think Colorado wins that game even without yeah. pride, right? So it's, I, I think it's, you know, I think, I think in the world of social media, just because you have a free app, though people pay for it now, just because you have a free app doesn't mean that you have these great free-flowing ideas. You just slinging stuff at the, you know, slinging spaghetti at the the refrigerator, if you will, and seeing what will stick. I'm just trying to clean it up for the radio. But I think if it gets to the point where if you start saying he doesn't know how to coach scheme or he doesn't know how to do this or these guys are going to run circles around him coaching – this is where I'd say, oh, no, you're dead wrong because Deion Sanders for a one-on-one drill can bring in Hall of Famers to work with these kids. Right. It's like the reason why – it's like what I say with Steph Curry. Like the reason why – part of the reason why Steph Curry is great is because probably when he's six years old, he's sitting at the dinner table and Glenn Rice is like, let me see your form, kid. You know, like when you have greats who have done it, coaching you how to do it, and I think this is a bit of a concern that some do have is what if Dion now has the power to pull these NFL greats to come be part of these kind of like de facto coaches to come in? I know Fourier is going to walk in the building tomorrow. You're going to know the Colorado Buffs theme song by time the show starts and ends tomorrow with Fred Gresham Fourier. Oh, my gosh. Him and Arkan are just going to be parading down these office halls. Oh, oh, like, go Buffs, a, go Buffs. Oh, oh, Arkan's a buff too? Yep. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, yeah, because they really – if you really want to get to them, say, yeah, you guys went to school with Mork and Mindy. Mindy. That's really – you went to Mork and Mindy school. So, But that's the thing. Colorado has not been relevant really since – the last days of Fourier being there. Now, Fourier and I joke about one of his teammates that I happen to personally know and is probably the most notorious killer in the history of the NFL. But that's what's been left. And so to have that excitement, to see a video of Michael Irvin coaching up players just hanging out and to be able to get that wisdom and knowledge, you're getting wisdom and knowledge of someone who mastered that craft. Is that enough, the, though, considering, like, all the other schools who might be in, like, a better, you know, record-wise, like, national title contenders like in Alabama, Georgia, anything well, like that? Is the think, name well, enough to pry if, people away from those schools? If you're a player, you're trying to get to the NFL. You're going to want to learn from an NFL-quality player that coaching staffs don't have the access to. Yeah, and I think if you're like if you're a top ranked recruit in the country and you want to go to the NFL, okay, Alabama and Clemson and Georgia and USC, they send kids to the NFL all the time. Every year, first round picks, second round picks, start, like they're sending kids all the time. Now though, you have another option. Like yep. Colorado's not been an option for kids, and I'm not saying they don't produce any NFL players, but for those top recruits, I mean we saw Dion when he was at Jackson State get some of the best recruits in the nation interested right. in there and he got some commits. So now I'm not saying they're going to be better than Alabama. I'm not saying they're going to be better than Georgia. I don't even think they're going to beat USC this year when they play them later on or Oregon. But now kids finally 
have another option and say, oh, you know what, I could go there. Deion Sanders will coach me. There'll be other great coaches. And if we have a pretty good season, I'm on the map and I can go to the NFL. And plus these guys, because here's the difference. Like you mentioned with Collar, uh, I'm sorry, with Clemson or Alabama or your Ohio State's, a lot of the conversation between the pros and the program is through the coaching, right? Not guys who've been in the NFL who happen to be coaches. Now you have guys who have access to player personnel, uh, leadership. You know, what's stopping Michael Irvin from Jerry Jones saying, hey, man, I just saw this kid run a 4-2. Right. right. And so now there's, there's, there's a speed because I trust Michael Irvin because he's produced for my product and made my franchise a winner. I'm going to listen to him, and it kind of cuts out kind of the middleman which are the coaches and some of those scouts that they have these report like these relationships with them like that's why Colorado Nebraska suddenly is a game again this week when it, nobody's talked about this game in years because you have Matt Rule who kind of represents this establishment I know people in higher places versus Dion with I play with those people in higher places and I can show these kids the same way that you're showing them and I have the rep of actually doing it at the level that they want to get to. that, I think that's huge. Yeah, and I think like to come in and beat TCU, even if they the rest of the year, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but even if the rest of the year they only won two or three more games and they right. finished with four wins, we would still sit here and say, wow, what a huge jump forward for Colorado right. football. They won one game last year. This year they win four. They beat TCU. Like even then, and then it gets... Like us saying that, like then it gets recruits more excited because, like, oh hey, they went from one at eleven, they beat TCU, Dion's there, they're on the upswing. Like it's still, and obviously, look if they go out and they win nine games, then it makes it even easier for them. But just them winning this game now, really, they could win three games the rest of the year, and I'm not saying they're going to be satisfied. But people on the outside and recruits can look at that and say, oh wow, they're really on the upswing. They beat TCU, they won these few games. So that win alone, I think, is not just great for. Dion in the program right now it's great for the next three years of the program because you right. can look at that and say yeah a team played in the national championship game we assembled a new roster and beat them week one well they've turned themselves into the cowboys of college football let's just call that what it is and i'm not talking about like there's now a polarization around colorado and that brings eyes and conversation that part is done the other part which is fascinating for betting perspective the the money was on colorado hitting the under of three and a half wins. Like, you would get plus money if you bet over three and a half wins. They have, Vegas has now moved that number up to five and a half. And so I've got a bad joke. And, John, Joe, you can get you can get a bad sounder going. So, if Colorado goes seven and five, which I think is a real possibility, they would be bowl eligible. Do they go to the Outback Bowl because of Coach Prime? <laughs> <laughs> if I can't laugh at my own damn self, I don't care who else does. <laughs> Those are some loud ass. Imagine crickets. that team getting that team to bowl eligibility, though. Like that it, would, it's a possibility, and it's, and it's you mentioned that the uh, line on the over under on wins moved two wins in one week. <laughs> right, like they only played one game, and the line moved for two wins. And right, I think that the, says is that a lot. is that more of what Colorado did, or is it the fact that TCU was in the national championship last year and they beat them? I still think I, it's, it's more about Colorado. Colorado. Did, like they five hundred and ten passing yards, you beat a team. Yes, and you're right. The fact that home. TCU was in the national championship game helps, but still, it's a win on the road against a hundred degrees team, on the field. And yeah. now the hype. All, I mean, even look back to their spring game when the stadium was like full. 
Like, how many places get a full stadium for their spring game? We're talking, like, the teams that are in the top ten get full stadiums in their spring game, and Colorado had that. So, you know, I don't know what the future is. Like, I don't know if he wants to be a Colorado long-term, or maybe in a few years he'll want to coach in the NFL or coach at a even bigger school in college. But if he is into staying there, they already have the foundation to build something great. It's just will they build on it over the next weeks and months. I wonder if Fourier is going to be able to bring back, like he should bring, like for all this Colorado love we're giving him in New England right now, he should at least bring us back to old school Colorado Buffalo starter jackets, the big puffy ones. Like, like we're doing this on Labor Day, like during your time. So yeah, I, I, a lot of a lot of kudos to what's happened. And, and again, here in this area, because if you look at the flip side of it, what happened with BC football, you say, gosh, like, how do you get on this excitement train of college football that's happening right now? But with the ACC and what they're doing, and they've got pieces now on the West Coast, I'm like, how are you the Atlantic Coast Conference, and you've got teams on the Pacific Coast? Like, you've got all these conflicts. You might be going back to being a basketball school. You know, you would want to say, like, look, could because at one point BC was the darling before the Patriots took off, right? But the BC was the darling football school here. Even going back a couple of years ago, a few years ago with Matt Ryan and the team was you know highly ranked. They're not even the best football program in Massachusetts. They play Holy Cross this weekend, and, and, and I know Holy Cross is, <laughs> and I know Holy Cross is FCS, so you know it's an right. FCS. But Holy Cross has won what three Patriot League titles in a row. They right. they're top five team in the country. Like I wouldn't sleep on Holy Cross making that a close yeah, game. No yeah. offense to Curtis right. or Courtney who went right. to BC, but BC hasn't been relevant right. since the Doug Flutie days. Like I would not sleep on Holy well, Cross Ryan. making that a close game. Matt Ryan had them, I think, ranked what two? I think at one point two in the so, nation in two thousand seven. Right. And they lost to Florida State, I think, at home. And, and now Maryland, right? And so that was the end of that. Do you hire? Does Deion Sanders come to BC? Well, it's funny. I, I don't know if I brought this up with you, KJ, on Saturday or with Arkan on Friday. And excuse me if I did, but like, could you ever see BC making a move like that? Like hiring a guy with that pedigree that will come in and really shift. And and not that's not any disrespect to BC's current coaching staff, right? But I don't think BC would ever make a move like that. Like you and and there's and they're not the only one. Like some of these more academic institute like Notre Dame lost Brian Kelly like they and again I'm not against their promotion of coach right. Freeman but considering what like, LSU did uh, like, last night I think they lucked out yeah like I, I would a school like BC and BC specifically ever hire a guy like Deion Sanders like look, I, I think I, that would make a difference if you did look if we're talking about like academic standards and what people have to meet, I'm sure some of his players could meet those academic standards. I think a lot of them probably could too. Right. It's just a matter of do they want it? Like, do they want to play in Boston? But again, you I, I, you can almost make the argument that they would want to play in Colorado. Play in Colorado, yeah. I mean. Well, but you know, well again, but the other thing is you're going to be the like they're the they're they are the football team to talk about right now in Colorado. They will never be the football team to talk about as long as the Patriots have a pulse. Right. So, you know, could you share weekends? Now, I think there are plenty of infrastructure around here to make that happen. You've got a major, you've got a couple major sneaker companies here. You've got plenty of money. So, you know, because keep in mind, Colorado had to find the money to pay Dion. Now, they were able to recoup the money to, to be able to pay his salary and, and, and funds, but that wouldn't be a problem coming here. Like, I think the, the only thing is, like, do you want to? Just go ahead and buy a triple decker and just kind of completely destroy it and make it one big house. Like I think that was the only thing you have to be worried about. Yeah, and and I think like if you're a team in that vein, like one of those, like Dion would be a great high. Like I, that's why I said, <laughs> is he going to be there long term? Because if I'm a huge school that's not achieving what I want to achieve right now, if he has a good year there, I'm looking at that like, oh, I might want to get on that. 
I'm sorry, that was funny. If they go seven and five and are bowl eligible, do they go to the Outback Bowl because of Coach Prime? <laughs> sorry. If you missed, <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> if you missed any of the show, you can type out uh, the Odyssey app is free. Uh, type W E E I brings you right here. John, have a wonderful Labor Day at the real John too, Lyons KJ. on Twitter at KJ Carson. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for your work and great, great teaching. And thanks for sliding me the answers, brother. Happy Labor Day to you as well, and glad the truth is out there. All right, guys, take care. Red Sox pregame next on W E E I. See you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.